And I want to read the scripture that uh, goes along with our lesson tonight. And that's Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 19. Matthew 28 and 19. And it says, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Okay, so tonight we're, we're continuing on with, um, we've been going over the ten, or the eight tenets uh, for Striving for Perfection Ministries. And we've done a couple already. We've done um, perpetual commitment and perpetual giving. And tonight we're looking at perpetual evangelism. Amen? Perpetual evangelism. And as we've discussed in previous studies, perpetual just means continual, forever, everlasting, something that continues on. And so in this case, evangelism. And we've got to start with the meaning of, you know, what is evangelism? What is evangelism? Um, real simple, to preach the gospel and bring good tidings. Um, some areas are just straight to the point. They say sharing the good news, sharing God's truth. There's a Greek word for evangelism. It's euagilizo, um, euagilizo. In other pronunciations, they say agilizo. And that's just a, just the terminology that they had back then. And what I found interesting in my study is that there wasn't a word. The word evangelism is not used that often um, in the Bible, although the charge to evangelize is in the Bible often. And as we saw in Matthew 28 and 19, um, go and make disciples of all nations. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it says, this, I'm just going to show you guys how we get to even discussing evangelist or evangelism, period. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He gave apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And their, responsible, their responsibility was to equip God's people to do his work and to build up his church, which is the body of Christ. Amen? And so this ministry is responsible for equipping believers to do the work and to build up the church. And so this includes us equipping us to evangelize. And I just want to share real quick a thought. As I was studying, I was just going through different videos and listening to different viewpoints on what evangelists and people who travel and um, preach and teach the gospel on, what, on some of the things that they had to say. And I thought one interesting thought that stood out to me was that um, Although sharing the responsibility, the responsibility to share the gospel and to evangelize lies with everybody, how we tend to think that um, that just because we, you know, in your evangelism, just because we tell someone something, that they're going to do exactly what we say when we say it. We may think that, you know, because I'm sharing this now, they're going to go and they're going to change, and of course that's an error. Or you think, or we tend to think the opposite. <laughs> 
I'm not going to go because if I tell them, they're not going to do what I'm saying. And so we don't go, even though that is the charge that God has given us. Regardless of whether they go or not, when we tell them, the charge is still the same, that we go and that we tell them and that we share the good news. Amen? So here's one thought to think about. When you came to Christ or whenever somebody shared the gospel with you, how did you feel about it? You know, did you, you change right away? Did you acknowledge, hey, I understand what it is that they're telling me. I understand, and now I'm going to go and do exactly what they said. It don't quite work like that. It does not work like that. And in fact, if we're honest with ourselves, we make choices that we're comfortable with. We make choices that we feel good about. Uh, we make choices in our timing when it seems like it's right for us. Um, even when we know that something is right, we may not move on that right away. And so that's a thought that kind of stuck out to me with someone who's just, he's an evangelist, you know, your evangelist, traveling and sharing the good news is that you still go, you share this gospel, you share this word, you share God's truth with people. They may not change. You may not see the change. You may not get to be the one who sees that they heard you or that they understood what you said, but you still did what God told you to do. Amen? So keep that in mind. Um, looking at sharing the good news and the truth, um, here's another thought that I want you guys to kind of think, at, think about. This was Charles Spurgeon. And some information I grabbed from um, Christianity.com. Are we sharing the good news to see how many people we can win? Or are we sharing the good news rather um, just to share Jesus Christ and trust God for his results? Why are we sharing the gospel? Like, why, if you know that that's a charge, what would be your reasoning for sharing the gospel? And I guess the reason they threw that point out is because I think we get caught up or we can get caught up in the numbers. You know, and you read the, in the Bible, 3,000 were saved at someone preaching or this many came to the household of faith. And I think there's a caution in there from people who are evangelists and people who travel and share the good news is to maybe not to be, not to get caught up in the number, but to just get caught up in you're doing what God has called you to do. You are answering what is considered a command. And so on Monday nights, we've kind of been, the, um, the ministers have been talking as well about um, evangelism and getting a little deep into some of the teachings. Minister Perry is doing a good job in kind of leading us and trying to get ministers and get leaders into the mindset of evangelism, you know, doing evangelism. Because I think it's something that we know is needed. We know that it's God's command, but are, are we privy to do that? Do we, do we incorporate that as a part of our worship or a part of our, our duties? Or do we think that is just left to leaders? That's something that's just left to clergy or people with a title. And so I think we need to get back to, you know, Members, no matter what your, your title, if you have a title, no matter what that is, you are charged, and I'm saying the word charged, to share the good news. You are charged to evangelize. You are charged. And so just like everything else in the Bible that you live by, that we've equated to worship, to tithing, 
to being committed, to doing these other things, evangelism kind of falls short on that spectrum. Why do you think that is? And I'm just throwing it out there. And I do want, I don't need y'all to talk back to me. I don't want to talk all night alone. But why do you think that is that we fall short in the area of evangelizing, sharing the good news of God? I know, I know for me, it's something that we talked about, about uh, being intentional, because yeah. you never know um, when you'll come across somebody that, that needs a, you know, hug, or hey, how are you doing? And I think, you know, for me, I don't always go out looking for that unless I go out looking for that, if, yeah. if, if that makes sense. So it's like we talked about, I mean, I think we all have to be intentional no matter what we're going out to do, there's always that opportunity there. Right. So I think I need to always always be cognizant of, of that, you know, just that small thing. Hey, there's always somebody. There's there's always an opportunity if okay. we're mindful of it. But as we talked about, we say, okay, well, I'm going shopping or right. I'm going to run in here and pick up this. And that's... That's a focal point. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Anybody else? Well, I guess the first question is, do we evangelize? Do, do we share the good news on our day-to-day as we go about? Are we, are we sharing the good news? Are we sharing Jesus Christ with others, with people? Ms. Marva. Sometimes people feel that if I approach you, you may not accept me. You know, that a lot of times, and then we shy away from people because we say, oh, I know them. Oh, I know, you know. And you can't judge a person because God may have already uh, worked on their heart. And he's getting ready to do some things. So your job is to do what God told you to do. Your job is not to sit back and say, well, I don't think they're going to receive me. Your job is to go. If God told you to go, you go. Because he's already paved the way for you to make a way for that person to hear. Now, that person may not come right then. Right. But that person received you, they heard what you had to say, and later on, it may sink in, and they may come to the Lord after that. But right away, it may not happen. But you shouldn't shy away from it because you're afraid that that person won't receive you. You should go because God sent you. Amen. Amen. Um, and I know in reading, I was reading um, a book that Kim Eady shared, and it's, uh, it's called Share, um, Sharing the Gospel Without Fear. I'm sharing the good news without fear. And in there, and I shared on that line as well, how um, some of us don't go for different reasons. Like you said, uh, maybe fear of rejection, fear period, um, being uncomfortable. Man, I know one of the ministers shared, you know, I don't want anybody to say, hey, you know, get out of my face, man. I don't, I don't want to hear that, you know. But we still, we're still charged to go. And so one of the stories that... Um, a gentleman shared in there, and he was once the one who was being evangelized. Somebody was sharing the good news with him, was that different people were coming at different times, and he knew that God was was just pick, pricking at his heart, you know, was trying to knock on his heart, and he was just running. And so the people just kept coming. Different people were being obedient to what God put on their heart when they came in contact with this guy, but his response wasn't like as if he was receiving what they were saying. In fact, his response, he said, he gave it to him. He gave it to him. He didn't just, it wasn't a, um, oh, I'm sharing the gospel with you and 
Um, you're saying, you know, thank you, I understand, and come back for some more. He's saying, man, get out of here. I don't want to hear that. You know, just, just giving it to him, making you feel when you, you had hesitation about going anyway. Man, I'm not even, I'm not reaching this person. But in fact, we were just pricking away, you know, at that calloused heart, one by one, the different people that were going to him. So I do believe the word that says some plant, you know, some water, but God draws, you know, the increase. And so there are people out there that are hurting, that, that they need this word, whether they know they need it or not is a, is a completely different conversation. But we know that they need it. And us, and us knowing that, knowing that that is a soul, that person is, is on their way to destruction without Jesus Christ. They're, they're headed the wrong way, and we work beside them. We live next to them. We see them, we, we, we play sports with them, we, we do different things with them. And for us not to share the good news, that key, you know what I mean, that we have, we know eternal salvation, you know, we know where we're going for eternity. But do you know where your friend is going that you spend so much time with? The, neighbor, the person that you work right beside in the next cubby is on their way to destruction. And have you answered the charge? Have you answered the charge to, um, to share the good news with them, to let them know, you know? And not that you beat anybody in the head with the Bible or badger anybody, but that you take advantage of the opportunities presented to you to share this gospel. And as Major said, to be intentional with it. Amen? Another thing that we have in here, it discusses... Uh, who evangelized? Who? And I kind of touched on that. And I feel like <laughs> sometimes we do, we leave it to the leaders or to the people. That, she said she's an evangelist. She going on, you know, that's a missionary. Well, how, you know, go ahead. They on their way to Africa. God bless them. You know, we reaching our hands toward them. We want them to do a good job. Preach that word, you know. And God is like, you too. You know, you too. And, and it doesn't have to be from a pulpit, from a glorified place. Uh, that we've made, oh, this is just so big, and now, you, now you're preaching the gospel. No, now you're preaching the gospel as you left out the church doors and went on your job and lived the word out before people that you worked with and shared. Or you lived so well, you lived the word so well that someone asked you, you know, hey, man, why are you not going to the party? Or you don't drink? Or... I notice every day at lunch, you know, when we go to the smoke pit, you kind of go the other way. You know, well, you know, they notice something different about you. And there is your opportunity right there to, to say, man, you know what, I used to, I used to do X, Y, and Z. Or, yeah, I used to go to the party. There's your opportunity to. And so what are we doing? Are we, can we honestly say, you know, online, you honestly say that, on your job and throughout your daily walk that you are, in fact, sharing this gospel. So here's a question I want you to ponder that I was, as I was going through and just saying, well, who, who's, who's supposed to evangelize? Everybody, all of us. Not, there's not a title attached to it. If you walk in and you know Jesus Christ, you are charged to share the gospel, amen? So the question that I had that was kind of like, wow, it says, not, it says, are you passionately telling others about Christ? Are you passionately telling others about Christ? I was thinking, you know, when I read that, are we just 
passionately are we telling, are we just telling others about Christ? And it says loving God involves not just having a personal relationship with Jesus, but also sharing him with others. It says the world around you needs to know the power of Christ. The world around you needs to know the power of Christ. Now, when I read that, it was just a couple of things that came to me. It was a pastor did a, a series on evangelism a while back, and he used a chart. It was a radius of relationship, and it was a diagram that was just filled with a ton of circles. But in those circles, he kind of pointed out to us where we are in that circle and kind of like our areas of influence. And right around there was your family. Are you sharing the gospel with your family? First and foremost, the people you love and that you care about, then your neighbors, your coworkers, the people you pass in the store, people you see on a, on a daily basis, and that radius of influence, you will be surprised how much power you have in that area of influence that we don't seize. You know what I mean? We just going on, doing our daily thing, kind of how I was sharing on the line. Go ahead, uh, Major. So, uh do you think, okay, so we've all been charged to do that. What, what about, okay, say you're not living what you're trying to tell somebody else to do. Right. <laughs> then, I mean, and then you could have good intentions. You, right. You could be like, okay, I want to help somebody, but you're not even living what. That's, that's a, to me, that's a problem. That, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and you may be the reason why somebody decides that they don't need, <laughs> that they do not need Jesus Christ. I mean, a while back, Miss um, Marvin said in one of the Bible studies, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Amen. It's true that your life, whether you're speaking or not, your life is speaking. You're speaking by how you live, by the choices that you make, and people see you. you you're speaking. Were you done with your question? trying to get it right, but then I was still wanting to hang with the, hang with the fellas. Right. A friend of mine. And so he's seeing that. And then so I invited him to church. He said, why should I go to church? It didn't change you. Oh, that's just, that's harsh. That's hard. That, I mean, that's. That's, that's a harsh. That's and, harsh. And, and I was sincerely trying, but I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. And I don't. Do you ever get everything right? No, no. But I wasn't even. Right. He could right. see that. I mean, he, he could see. And it's, it's different now because he knows, okay, yeah, it, it, it did change you. But then, right. he's like, why should I? And that hurt me to my core. I mean, at that, I was like. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. What it is, it's sad. It's sad. Um, for, for a couple of reasons. One, for um, whether we know it or not, when we go to church or we say that we have Jesus Christ and we live contrary to his word, the same way that someone who is living the word is speaking, their life is speaking, your life is speaking as well. But what are you, what are, what are you saying by how you live? And, and, and especially today in the times that we live in now, people are, um, I know we were talking about deconstructing their religion and 
people are making a conscious effort to say, you know, why do I, why do I need Jesus? Why do I need this? Um, you're suffering just like I'm suffering. You're going through, I'm going through, you know, and to know what the word says and to live what the word says, two different things. And not to say that you didn't know that you needed Jesus Christ and so did that person, but to live it, you know, to apply the word that you know is totally different. So, yes, we go through. Yes, we, we suffer, you know, the same way. But we don't, you know, it says the just shall live by faith. People, as you go through life, as, whether you're suffering, no matter what you're going through, people are watching you go through what you're going through, how you go through, and do you apply this word. And, and, and that, was, that was true in, in this instance because... It didn't matter what I was telling him. Yeah. It's what he saw. Right. It, right. It didn't matter. I could talk to him till I'm good. <laughs> Spewing the, every scripture out yeah. of the Bible. But that didn't matter because I wasn't living like that. And that's what he saw. That's so real. You know what? You hear people say when you try to invite people to church, they have different, I'm not going there. It's a bunch of hypocrites um, in the church. They, you know, you may hear a whole lot of things. You need them all. You're just saying you agree. Yeah, no, you hear, you hear different things where people are saying it's a bunch of hypocrites in there. And, and you know, to some degree, you need to say, you know what, there, we need to know there's not a perfect church. There's not a perfect being. That is why we need, that's why we all need Jesus Christ. So none of us have arrived and we got it all together. We just saying that, hey, I live for Christ. Sin doesn't have me. You know what I mean? If I do make a mistake, I'm accountable to God. I know how to repent. I'm not practicing a life uh, full of sin. And by me going to church, why do I need to go to church? I need to fellowship with like-minded believers. So another thing that's key when we're inviting and when we're trying to evangelize is to know this Bible, to know what the Word says. And it's not saying that you have to be a scholar, but there's some key things that you need to know and why you believe. You know, why do you believe? Why is your life different? They might, what do you have that I need? What do you have that I don't already have? Because, and they're going to give it to you. It's people out here that they have kind of like pretty much denounced the church and the institution of what it stands for, what, what it's supposed to be about. And it's turned into, I never say for me that you need to debate. You don't have to debate um, the word of God. There's some things that you can say and you may not agree and you end up picking that thing back up in another conversation. But I don't think for me, I've never had to just fight this word. God has always created a window where I could just, I could, I slid one in there and I know it's stuck. <laughs> I know it's stuck. Quick example, um, I was out on the base in New Mexico. We're on the flight line and for some reason, somebody just asked me, you know, Oh man, you you've been really going to church. You're doing this. You're doing that. You know, what's changed? Why? Pretty much, what's going on with you? I'm over here talking. I'm not out. I'm talking. I'm answering this question. I'm not thinking about evangelism. I'm thinking. I'm thank God. You know, I'm getting myself together, and and I'm sharing over here. And our the young lady comes and joins and says, um, Oh yeah, well you know, in Buddhism, you know we. We do this and we're relaxing and we're doing all, you know, she's jumping in and, and throwing all of the different things. And she says, so yeah, there's so many different things you can do. And she just kind of threw in there how Pastor was talking about so many ways to get. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh no, you know what I mean? I'm a baby Christian, but I know like, hey, there's, there's only one way. 
and I can't let that slide, but I got to find a way back in to let you know. And just randomly, I don't know, I'm still talking, and I'm saying, well, yeah, no, I don't, nah, I'm not into that. That's not, you know, Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But I had to, I had, I could not leave that with a clear conscience and, and, and let her, there's all, you know, doing, saying these all, and now this person who realized and saw a change in me, saw a difference in me, thinking, well, maybe I'll try a little, you know, do a little Buddha, Buddhism too. And on my way, I'm thinking, he said, yeah. And I said, you know what? That sounds relaxing, but Buddha can't save you. I, I, I couldn't resist. It, it couldn't, it wouldn't sit right. It fell out. Buddha can't save you. Buddha can't save you. And you might feel relaxed when you finish stretching and sitting a certain kind of way and humming. Got it. But he can't save you, okay? And then that, and to, and to go further with that one-on-one, -on -one, there is power in the name of Jesus. I had to begin to share some things that happened to me. It becomes a personal testimony. And to me, at, at its core, that's been my, the moment where I feel most connected to when I feel like evangelism is working. When it's, and not that it's not working any other time, when I feel like I've, 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 I've put the, the, I hit the nail on the head is when I get to share my story. People can deny this word. You can fight and they could try to, well, over here it says this and isn't that contradicting and there's no J's. They didn't have any J's during the time when the name was, you know, just, just, and you could go back and forth and show them in scripture and try to, but when somebody's mind is made up, and they're reading the Bible to find fault with the Bible, they may not get what you're saying because they're not trying to get this word. They're not trying to get it. And so the, the most, I think, effective testimony or the most effective evangelism for myself has been um, when God allowed me to share my personal testimony and what God has done for me. There was power in it. And you can't tell me what God has done for me. You, can't, you can argue what you think, but you can't tell me God didn't save me or God didn't stop that bullet from penetrating when it was flying past my head. You can't tell me that, God, that it wasn't God. And so, go ahead, Mom. You know, we have to be an example to the world. Amen. We say that you're spiritual field. If you're spiritual field, well, you're going to want to do right. The world going to see that. If they see that, then they say, oh, why are they always smiling, mm -hmm. always happy? And, and, and also when you said about when they're going through things, we know that God, he will heal. He will take you through your tests, your trials, your tribulation. And as you go through it, then the world can say, hey, well, God deliver her. I want him to deliver me too. So this is why we got to be an example. We have to show love. You can't be saying that I love God and pouting and, and <laughs> frowning at people and, you know, rolling your eyes. And they're like, well, I don't want that if you're going to yeah. roll your eyes at me, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know, I want the spirit of God. You got to get it for yourself. Amen. You know, no matter what people do around you, but you got to get them for yourself. Amen. Amen. So where are we? We're trying to say I'm way off. I don't know. So we were talking why do we not why do we not evangelize? And I made your head kind of 
not being intentional. Um, Ms. Marva saying rejection, fear, uncomfortable. I think, and I, and I was sharing, sharing on the line when we were talking about um, some of the reasons why we may not do it. <laughs> and they use an example kind of like, um, let me give y'all an example. I don't know if you, any of you have been to Disney World or you've had an opportunity to have some discounted tickets or something like that. And there's these different um, timeshares, seminars, or some different thing that you can do to get discounted tickets, you know. Have no intention on buying nothing. You're just trying to get a discounted ticket. That's the only reason why you're there. And while you're there, you may end up, their whole intent to, in offering you a discounted Disney World ticket is in hopes to spend that hour or half, however long that seminar is, their whole intent is to get you to spend money to buy a timeshare or to, to do something else. I think he used Amway. You know, different things. People are trying to push their, their products or get you to do this and their whole intent, they offer you something that you are interested in. And in evangel uh, evangelists or people who are trying to spread the gospel, you're always thinking of ways of how do we get the attention of the world? How do we get the attention? How do we pique their interest and let them know that they need Jesus Christ? What are some ways? How do we, how do we get out there? We're not trying to, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to get you to buy anything. I'm trying to give you something that really is free. That's the difference. And so I just remember saying kind of like, I'm not trying to trick, I don't want to trick anybody. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not into the tricking, you know, of I'm offering you that and then I got you. You know what I mean? But in a way, in a way, I'm going to make you fishers of men. There, there, there is, there, to some degree, if you're going to be a fisher of men, there's some things that you're going to be intentional about. You're going to know where you're fishing. You got to know what kind of fish, what the bait, what kind of bait. <laughs> if you want to catch a fish, there's some things that you have to know about that area, what interests this, this, this group of people. What? And so at the end of the day, not a trickster. So I had to rethink about, you know, not that you're tricking them because you're giving them something that is going to save their souls, you know. When we really peel it back, I know we laughing. This, this thing is real. It's about souls. People's lives are hanging in the balance. Like people, your life is at stake. Me not sharing, you can end up in hell. That's the reality of it. Nobody wants to say that. We always don't want to talk about the, the H word, but it's real, you know. And so, so not being a trickster, but how do you become a fisher of men? Major, you got to say something. How do you, become, how do you become a fisher of men? Because I'm convinced that not all of us are fishers of men. All right, I know you're not like, you know, like when's the last time you shared the gospel and told somebody about Jesus Christ and his power and his love and how he can rescue them from their, their sin? Like, when is the last time? Go ahead, Ms. Marvel. Well, I can't say that when was the last time, but I started doing something last year of reaching out to all of my family members and calling them and just talking with them and sharing the word of God with them. 
and eventually asking, hey, have you accepted the Lord in your life? You know, and so this is something I've been doing. And in return, I've got several of my nieces and nephews that I didn't have anything to do with because one of my nieces was raised by her father. So I really didn't know her at all because when my sister had her, she gave her to her father and he raised her. But now she calls me all the time and asks questions and different things. But it's because I reached out because I said, my sister and I are the last two of the family. We're the only matriarchs of the family now. And so I said, it's time for us to reach out to those young people and to share with them. Because the one thing I reached out to tell them, I wanted to make sure you know all your cousins because I don't want you to one day marry them. <laughs> so, you know, because we don't know each other, you know, and it's true, the younger generation does not know each other. So I have reached out to all of my family members. I call them periodically, talk with them, and I share what God has given me and let them know, yeah, I haven't always been like I am. I haven't always did the things that God wanted me to do, but I can sure tell you I, that I'm changed. I'm, yeah. God got a hold of me, and I said, and he can do the same thing for you. So I do let them know, and I do share that uh, with them. And then those who don't know the Lord, I ask them, you know, if you'd like to, we'll pray that prayer with you, Amen. that God will be with you and that God will, you know, uh, lead you and guide you to start doing the right things and what have you, you know. So, but I, I have, I've been doing that lately for since a whole year of just really reaching out to all That's of awesome. my relatives that, you know, I haven't really been close to. Mm -hmm. Amen. Sharing. Go ahead, Lisa. Actually, mine was probably, you know, a few hours ago. I went to, snuck off to play golf. And uh, this guy just, you know, hey, you mind if I was like, sure. And then we were just, you know, talking about different things to make, uh, your golf game better. And so I said, that's, that's, that's kind of ironic because, you know, golf is, is similar to life. You know, until you change some things about your game, you're not going to get any better. And so it's, wow. the same way, so it's the same way with life. And he says, you know what, I never, I never equated that. I never thought about it that way. And I said, you ever notice, like, you're, you're, you're running someone and you'll try to help them and you'll say, hey, maybe you need to do this, swing this, or try this. And they'll be like, uh, uh, don't worry about it. I said, that's pride. That's, that's, that's fleshy. You know, they think they have it all figured out. Wow. And all you're doing is trying to help them. I said, it's the same way with, with Christ. I mean, wow. and then we just started having a conversation about that. That's good. <laughs> that's but, good. But there are always opportunities. It's just that, just like you said, you got to seize that opportunity, exactly. Exactly. you know, and not stick to golf. You could have kept talking about golf, you know, but, and I, I think that's where it's at. at. At least that's a start. And if we could vow even to start where Ms. Marvin started, right, in her family, you know, some of us got some big families. You can pick up the phone and kind of just have those conversations. I don't know if that will cost us anything, you know, maybe a little time, but um, to be concerned about your family. Where are they going? You know, I've, I've, I've asked my cousin just to straight, do you know where you're going? If you were to die tomorrow, you know, do you know what eternity holds for you? Do you know where you would go? And um, I meant that because I didn't know how long I had them on the phone, and I didn't know how long. Like, it was marvelous having a nice conversation. You know, some of my family, they get on there, and if you ain't talking about some of the things that they're interested in, and we are not interested in the same things, <laughs> 
they not staying on the phone. They don't want to, they're not trying to talk that long. I, hey, I got to go. So in that moment, just to do you, the thought, to drop that, plant that seed, and then maybe the next time I talk, I get to say a little bit more, or they, they thought about it. And pray for them, that God is sending that, how that gentleman explained, you know, they, the people that I was rejecting, they thought I wasn't getting anything out of what they were telling me because I was so hard in my, my resistance to what I know God was trying to do in me that I came off so hard. So to all of those who are evangelizing, to our, hey, you, you tried to share the word and you felt like, man, you know, I'm not doing that again. I don't like how that felt. That was uncomfortable. I don't want anybody yelling or hanging up on me. Um, you, you, you probably planted a seed. You some, don't think that something you said didn't, did not um, get through. And so you guys are basically ex exercising what Pastor was sharing with that radius, that um, relationship radius, right in your area of influence. He didn't say you need to go to Africa. It's some people that's called, they, they on their way. Or go to another country and evangelize. But also in these notes, it does say start, start here, your family, then hit your neighbors, where you shop, where you go to work, where you, right there. And then maybe God, may, you never know if God is calling you to take a trip to Africa. Go ahead, Ms. Marvel. She's going her way to Africa. You know, um, you get all these telemarketer calls all the time. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you get so tired of the telemarketers calling you. And so... I listen to the spill sometime, and then when they get through, I said, uh, can I ask you a question? I said, now you've given me yours. I'd just like to ask you, do you have the Lord in your life? <laughs> and I had one man to say, yes, ma'am, I sure do. <laughs> I say, well, that's a blessing, sir. <laughs> and I said, and you have a blessed day today, but I don't care for anything that you're selling today. <laughs> but I do thank God that you have the Lord in your life. So but I, gotta, I do give that little testimony sometimes. Just step out there and say, hey, I'll listen to your spiel, but I want you to listen to me. Now, that's good. That that's yeah. good. God, because can I be completely honest and yeah. transparent? I don't yeah. listen to the, the, the telemarketer. Mm -hmm. He don't get that long time on my oh, phone. Yeah. That, that's just the real, that's the truth. But I guess if you think about it in that regard, how much you want somebody to be able to listen to you offering them Jesus Christ and to hear what you have to say. Wow, let me extend the same gratitude because I'm really not interested. And I, can I be honest? I don't give them, I used to be the person who's saying, oh, I don't want to hang up on them. Oh, okay, okay, I'm not, okay, I'm not interested. Okay, but they just, they going and going. And so now, you ready for this? I don't even give them a chance. And, and I have recently picked up thinking, oh, maybe there's someone I know. Because now they call your name as if they know you. <laughs> Three sentences with it? Oh, okay, nope, nope, not interested. Click. Wow. Ms. Marvin, that's, go ahead. The way you get them off the phone, real fast. You won't even have to say anything. A lot of times I answer, I look at the phone, and I say, well, I don't know that number. Good morning. This is the house of prayer. <laughs> Are you interested in having prayer this morning? And the phone say, click. Yeah. Well, no, that's sad. Things because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to make sure, you know, hey, if you won't pray, I'll pray for you. Okay. You know, but, yeah. but that's sad. Ain't that sad? The, the quickest way to get rid of a telemarketer is to say this is the house of prayer. Or do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? That's kind of sad. You have to try, maybe you're going to have to take some of those, those methods. 
<laughs> you got to try it. Mr. Purdue said he going to try it. Um, so as we're going, what is the next thing we said? Rejection, fear, uncomfortable. One thing I did not touch on was not equipped. Not equipped. Um, in the notes I have, you feel like you are not well-versed in scripture or you lack biblical knowledge. You're intimidated. I know um, Minister Perry's been talking about biblical illiteracy, not being well-versed, or you feel like, man, I don't know enough to really be able to share this gospel. And um, God is pricking my heart. It's just, you just really do need to know the gist of, <laughs> you really just need to know enough, and you're, you're sharing where you are. And so not to be intimidated where I don't know the whole Bible, and in fact, you learn every time you pick up this Bible, you're gonna learn something new. Every time you pick up, so no one is there where they just know everything in this word and they know what everything means. But you sharing this gospel at your level, and so your responsibility is to share what you do know, and 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 you may get questions. And guess what? Never feel like I think some people are intimidated because you feel like I have to know everything. I have to know the ins and outs of this Bible, and who does? The reality is, who knows everything that this, exactly all of what this word says and is just knows every single thing. You may know a lot, but you still don't know everything. Know where you are and be able to share where you are and be, be willing to say, hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that, but I will find out and I'll get back to you and let you know. But here's what I do know. And, that, and, and in that regard, you have your testimony. You know how, what God has done for you. You, you know <laughs> that you were you on a deathbed and you could be gone. That there's, there's nothing, you can't take, there's power in that, that testimony. There's power in that. And in fact, this word does say dunamis. He's given us power to witness. Power, those different gifts those spiritual gifts that God has blessed you with, they're not for you to keep. They're not for you. They're not for you at all, really. They are for you to display his love, his good works, and to draw those to Christ. And so you tap into those, those giftings and those things that God has blessed you with. And that testimony, when I keep saying there's power in that testimony, it's beyond you. Because sometimes people will stop and listen to a story before they stop and listen to, you know, the house of prayer or... You know what I mean? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Some people just don't want to. They're not interested. But if you are telling a story about your life and you know how to tie that into, hey, this is what God, and because of God, I know that. People come back. They didn't want to hear the part, the scripture. They didn't want to, you know, there's all these different methods on, um, designed on how we could share the gospel. They don't want it. They're not interested. But if you talk to somebody and you can relate to them and, and share your story, nobody can take that, that from you. To me, that's powerful. But you need all, and, and like Minister Perry was explaining to me last night, there's no one way to share it. You got to be able to, to do it at different levels. You may, somebody that you talk to regularly, you talk to them, it may seem, you know, be a little bit more comfortable. But you never know where God is going to put you in a place of people you work for, that are of a higher authority or a higher rank or and put you in that place to share and they ask you what you think <laughs> it's happened to me you know when you're thinking little on me or not you know i'm not gonna 
share. But when they said, well, what do you think? You know, Mrs. Daniels, you've been quiet the whole meeting. And I'm over here thinking, this ain't right. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to say anything. But when they ask you, are you going to go ahead and stand up for righteousness? Are you going to go ahead and live this word and kind of, this is my chance? Uh-oh. <laughs> go ahead. I think sometimes, uh, I think you said it early, uh, while I was thinking about it, uh, I think when we get saved is when we don't share because we want people to see us in a different light. We want people to see us just, well, we don't want to tell them, man, you can't tell me anything about drinking, clubbing. <laughs> yeah. Did, did that. Did that. Was one of the best days. Did that. We don't want people to see us that way sometimes. So we, we disregard our past. Mm. Okay. And not, and not give them hope. That, hey, you can change. No. Okay. I always tell them, look, bro, I know if I change. Right. You can change. Right. But I think we get to a point where we say, well, I don't want anybody to know what I used to be. Well, you're not that anymore. That's good. I, and I didn't think about that, but yeah. Um, in fact, in our Bible study, we're kind of talking on those, the last, one of the um, last studies I taught, they said there's, me um, there's a message in your mess. <laughs> We're kind of talking about Jonah, who's in the same type of situation. <laughs> Jonah was not trying to go to Nineveh and tell those people, you know, that they weren't doing right. You only had to tell them five, five words he had to share, and he ran and went in the other direction and ended up, you know, in a jacked-up situation. But... <laughs> Just the fact that he came, he came around, you know, how God is a God of second chances and that type of thing, where we don't take advantage of those opportunities that God has given us, and we just kind of, oh, you know, those opportunities haven't changed. It's whether we have changed or not. The opportunity is still there. Those things that he charged us to do, that charge to evangelize, that charge to go forth, is still there. It's, it's still available. Are we willing to shift? Are we willing to change and to come back around and, and, and seize those opportunities that are presented, that are presented to us? It's just the mess, uh, the message is in your mess. And why, you know, the biggest message comes from your mess. The thing that you feel most uncomfortable um, sharing that you don't want anybody to know. And I think the enemy would have it just that way, that you would never share that testimony. Where it says we are overcomers by our testimony, but a lot of times we don't want to share our real, the real testimony because of how it make us look or how people would, what fear of what people would think about us, maybe what they would say. I don't want to be seen in that light anymore, but that's not who you are. I'm just, and you know what? Chances are you may not have to share it on a large platform, but I guarantee you that there's somebody in your area of influence that is going through something that you have gone through. Will you cease that opportunity? Or you don't, you know, you get, that's flesh. That's pride when you want to be seen in a certain light and not share how you got there. Because you didn't wake up there. You didn't start there. 
The truth is, you, God, if it had not been for God, I know that my own story is, if it had not been for God, for me, I can see, I can see examples of where I could have been. <laughs> there are examples of I could have been dead. People I was around, are gone. some are gone, sick, you know. So, so to, to share the mess, that's the biggest message. That's the biggest message. Amen. And then we go on to talk about these different methods and approach to evangelism. And not that there's just this one way or this one book that's going to tell you all you need to do. I do believe that if we are intentional um, and prayerful about God, how do I, you know, give me an opportunity to share. Show me an opportunity today. You know, your morning prayer, your morning devotional, whatever it is. God, give me an opportunity today to glorify you and to share with somebody the good news and seize that opportunity. I think that's a start. I know um, when Veronica was here, she would say, each one, reach one. And if we each, each person that knew Jesus Christ or that knows Jesus Christ would take advantage of that opportunity in whatever way that is, whether that's your testimony, whether that's in this word, whether that's someone, because some people are intellectual and you have to show them, well, no, that doesn't make sense. They want to see. If you, were, if you would seize that opportunity, I believe that the body of Christ would do what it's supposed to do, would grow, would grow. If we are kingdom-minded and if we, you know, and you start, and the reason I think another um, important thing to point out is that we start in our area of influence. Yeah, it's, we start with our local church. You know what I mean? One of the easiest things to do that we were discussing is to invite someone to church. Um, hey, would you mind going, you know, and here you know once you get, if they come here, they will get the word. They can meet different people. Um, another thing that we could do here, and I'm just going through different methods local, locally, is we have those special interest groups now where you're doing stuff that you enjoy doing. You know, <laughs> you see Mike Brooks out there, Guns for Fun, and different things like that, that is a, a, a perfect avenue to share Jesus Christ. Because you are Christians who you show, you know, you're interested in other things. You're not dead. You're not, I think some people think when you come to Christ, they, you can't do anything. Your life is over. I know a young lady on the base told me, I don't want my life to be over. It's like, they don't know. It's just so much more life. It's just so much more to it than that. And it's not that, you, you know, maybe in the past they've been told a list of what they can't do. <laughs> you can't do this, you can't do that. And so they just think it's a lot of what they can't do, and it's just so much more to it. Go ahead, maybe. I had someone tell me, uh, Tony was saying that. Get your mic. <laughs> I had someone tell me, you know, I was talking to him about change, and it was like, you know, they said, oh, um, I'm going to change when I get older. I said, well, <laughs> how do you know how much time you got? I said, you talking about, I'll change when I'm 30, but you don't know. Yeah, you may not, yeah. Maybe you had to bring that up. That thing is there to me because I think when I was, I was talking about like a vapor, I know you guys know that. We don't know, no one knows their timing. And so if you are depending, like a lot of young people feel like they got forever, they have forever and you your life is not promised that next so if you if you happen to know that you may not make it to 30 
you are really older than whatever you think. Your time is, you know, to get it right. And so with us knowing that, there's not a person, you know what I mean? I'm gonna change when I'm getting older. That, to me, that's scary. I know for me, I, I thank God that I came to Christ when I did, because I know I wouldn't be here. I just, I know I, know I wouldn't. I know it. And they said, man, you know, you, you really made a, a 360. God will do something. God will put some things in your path where it's, you choose, choose you this day whom you will serve. And I don't think that some no at the end of that is destruction. And your time could be quicker than you, you, you think. You thinking you have time. Your, your time, you, you don't know how much time. No, in fact, no one knows how much time they have. And that's the urgency. That's part of the urgency in us being willing to go. Go ahead, sis. Where's your, you got a mic? the repentance prayer with him and because he couldn't talk at the time it was like he was on the machine you can hear him kind of mumbling when we was praying but at that time it's like you can't really tell if he was praying but it was making sound so my my granddaughter said grandmama he do hear you he can hear you you know and so then say about two weeks later, this young man was at the hospital, not knowing, you know, because we had prayer and everything. But guess what? He went right back into the hospital another couple weeks. And when we did the prayer, when he went back in the hospital, he was in his right mind where we can hear him repent and pray mm. through. And but he passed away. Yeah. So, like you said, your time is your time. That's right. But if it's not your time, you're not going nowhere. <laughs> you Amen. Know, it's not your time. But that made me thought about that. You know, at that moment, it wasn't his time to go. But then when we can hear him, hear him repent and everything and talk with him and talk about God, and then before you know it, he was gone. He passed away. And that's that grace, yeah. Well, you know, wow. How many people don't get that opportunity or don't, don't take that yeah. opportunity to to repent, to have that the prayer of salvation, and sad. That just brings it home, you know. That brings it, just makes it plain. Um, I remember when uh, Wayne shared a story, and he was discussing a young man. Uh, 
two young men, they've been riding together to work. They kind of just met, knowing each other, and um, would have his Christian music playing on the radio when they were riding, pick each other up for work, have the music playing, and I'm paraphrasing. But um, just, just for him to know that he was living before him, having, you know, doing different things, and the guy was trying to, you know, get his life together. But the, the young man that was being picked up ended up passing away. And the young man that was picking him up was kind of like, man, I don't know if I, um, you know, I didn't pray with him or I didn't, you know, it was some things that I just, I don't know if I reached him and he's gone. You know, did I miss that opportunity? And Wayne was sharing, no, you know, not to be hard on yourself because the way you lived before him, he knew something, there was something different about you. But for us not to be in that predicament where we question, man, I was just with so-and-so. I just saw so-and-so at the grocery store and you hear that they're gone. You know, did you, and I kept thinking about, and God showed me there was a key, kind of like, we have this key, we have the keys that, that'll get us into eternity. You know, we have the keys to heaven because we have Jesus Christ. It's a key, but we are this far away from sharing that key. We just gotta share that key. Here, we gotta make a copy and give that key to somebody else so that they will have those same keys, and then they got to take that key and share that key with somebody else, and then that person has to take that key and share it with somebody else. And then, and then maybe there is a pulpit, or maybe there is a tent <laughs> pitched up on the beach. Maybe there is an encounter in the grocery store, and then from that encounter, somebody's entire household is saved. And, but we got to share the key. And so I think the way that God is moving now, it's kind of like we're at that first step of are we even sharing the key with that one person so that it can, especially this day and time. And I know if you look around and you just think about the urgency of the time, the sickness and all of the different things that just seem to be running ramp, you know, just seems like it's just amped up. You know, we've, it feels like turmoil's been going on, but it just seems greater and greater, and just when you think you're through this, there's th that next thing. There's an urgency in the body of Christ to share God, to share Christ and who he is. And, and for us to know, it's, it's a charge. It's not a suggestion. It's not uh, a, a nicety. It's not something that's just nice for us to do. It's a charge. It's a military charge the way that the word and the definition reads. It's a command. And so we are, that we know him, by us not sharing, we, we stand guilty um, of not sharing Jesus Christ and him crucified and him buried, but definitely him resurrected and, and being able to explain what that means. And there's a couple of things that I, I wrote down here, um, and I said this previously. To me, um, Evangelism is not necessarily tied to an event or a program that's designated for evangelism. You can witness and evangelize at any time in your life as you are going along. You can be intentional. You can meet somebody for lunch and, and intentionally intend to tell them about Jesus Christ. You, there are some things that you can do with some people that God has placed in your area of influence 
that you can reach, that nobody else can reach. You have a connection with somebody at your level and where you are, and God has given you the power to witness at that level. And I just want to urge you to do that. I think you ought to do that. Um, and to think about this, has the Holy Spirit in your own life prompted you to share with somebody? You shy away from that opportunity, but now it's high time. It's, it's, it's time out for you know, the urgency. At the same time, when you don't know their time, you don't know your time, you know. And this is a time, you, and this is really a time right now to reach a lost soul because you hear all these people dying with the virus, and not only that, it's all kind of sickness. You yeah. Know? I mean, there was a lot of death before the virus, you know. What is the difference? Right. But we still got to reach them. We got to hear the Spirit of God speak to you to give you direction how to reach them and what to say and what to do. Because if you go by the Spirit of God, you can't go wrong. That's good. You know, because yeah. if you tell them in the Spirit, they're going to receive it. They're going to say, you know what? I just thank God that you told me that because I needed help. I didn't know what to do. Amen. You know? And, and, that, and when you follow the Spirit of God, you can save somebody's life. That's true. They probably Amen. about to commit suicide, but if you follow the Spirit of God, oh, my God, something will happen. Something good will happen, you know? Amen. 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 One of the, and you right in line with the name, the first thing that I wrote down under here was speak to the spirit of a person. And that's Hebrews 4 and 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful, even to the division of soul and spirit. And so you speak in that word, which the word is a discerner of a heart, discerns your heart, discerns where you are at that time. And when you speak to where someone is, you never know. You never know what the impact or the power that you may have. It says, we call evangelism winning souls, but it's the word of God that divides between soul and spirit. It isn't the soul that's redeemed, it's the spirit of man. So when we speak the word of God to people, we're speaking to their spirit man and exposing their innermost thoughts and desires. So a lot of times if God put a scripture or put something on your mind to, to share with someone, don't hold that back or don't think that that is weird because you don't know exactly where they are, what they've been praying, what they've been dealing with, <clears throat> and what that word can do for somebody. The second one I said, uh, just talk, don't debate. I think that's key because I, when I was a young Christian, I could go. I could, I could go. And I don't know if that was one of the better giftings. You know, a little street might have been in there. But I did learn that I didn't have to um, debate and feel like I want to debate over the word of God. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. That's Philippians 2, 14 and 15. It says, many people are intimidated by the idea that evangelizing may involve some level, some level of debate. But here's the surprising truth. We are called to reap a harvest of people's souls, not debate with other religions or even other Christian denominations. It says, many believers feels, uh, feel it's their responsibility to defend the Lord when they're witnessing. But our job is to simply give out his word and to allow the word to do the work. Remember, his word is his power 
That's Romans 1, 16. Going beyond that by arguing and debating is a distraction and maybe a waste of time. It should be avoided. So don't debate. Just share the truth in love. I think it's a difference when you're sharing the truth in love versus you're the guy that's known and carrying that heavy Bible. Here he come. You know what I mean? And he about to beat you up with it. There was a guy we were deployed with, and I'm a Christian. I'm Christian. You know what I mean? We Christians. We go to church. But for some reason, he carried that hell-bound story. And not to say that God wasn't pricking his heart. Maybe some people needed that hard. You going to hell. You know, you on your way. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that if you're doing it for impact, if you're doing it so that you are, so that it makes a difference, so that it's effective and you're not just running people away. You're trying to, you know, you got to be wise to win souls. Um, there's a way in love. And when you're doing it in love, I feel like God will lead you, will kind of guide what you're using, guide your speech, guide how you talk to somebody. People could feel the difference. You know, I've often heard pastors say they may not remember your name, but they might remember how you made them feel. And so people can tell, you know, if you really care, are you just trying to check off a box or tell people they're going to hell? You know, that I don't think that's the way. I have choose the right time. It says, like apples of gold in setting of silver is a, is a word spoken at the right time. That's Proverbs 25, 11. When people are working or obviously in the middle of something that requires their full attention, it's, now, it's not the time for you to start <laughs> sharing the good news. You know, somebody, you know, they, had, they got a deadline, they rushing somewhere, they trying to do something, and here you come. So in that time, it's probably not a good time. It's going to frustrate them. It's going to turn off your message. And that's not what you're trying to do. We're not trying to just say it. You're trying to land on good ground. You are trying to be effective, to be sure that you choose good timing. You can plan it. Major, I think the answer to that is being intentional. We said on the line, choose your one. Who's your one? For you to get somebody in your mind that you can um, share the good news with that is in your area of influence that you can impact and that you have time to, to work on and share and kind of, you know, you know, they, you know, they need Jesus and God has put them in your life for you to be able to do that. Choose your timing. You can plan. It says to be effective, be sure to choose good timing. Choosing the right time is a surprisingly simple way to evangelize effectively. Even when people seem available, purpose to make it short and sweet. And then four, avoid using Christian jargon. He says in Isaiah 51 and 16, I will give you the words I want you to say. Have you ever been in a position, well, I know, let me speak for myself, going into a, a meeting, I was dreading it the entire time. And just before I said, well, I'm going to say a, a quick prayer. Um, I don't want to be in here. I don't have the, I got an idea, but I know the material. But I am going to, in this meeting, I have to basically go against the grain. I have to stand up for uh, righteousness. And I was dreading it because it was, of every leader, as high as you can go, was probably going to be in that room. And I mean, I had, I feel like, uh, but I was going to have to do it. I remember praying and hearing the voice of, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, I will give you the words to say. And there's a difference. There's a difference when you're going on your own and you 
You don't know what she's, you don't know what to do. You ain't sought the Lord. You're just out here. And when you go that way, you, I mean, the, the idea is to be effective. It's to win the soul. It's to make an impact. It's to, so that person is coming back. It's to plant. It's to water. It's to some, something that you need to say has to, to take root. You're not trying to be a wet, you're not trying to waste time. You don't even know if you have it. And so pray. You know what I mean? If you're trying to, to reach somebody or if you're, you're thinking that you got your one in your mind, begin to pray for that person and pray for the opportunities so that when you go forth, you won't, you're not just out here. <laughs> it says, when witnessing to the unsaved, it's important not to speak. It says Christianese. In other words, using a lot of words that are familiar only in the Christian circles or using too many Christian catchphrases is almost like speaking a foreign language to those on whom you're sharing with. And for some people who don't go to church on a regular basis, they probably like. The unsaved have difficulty enough understanding or discerning these things without confusing them with words like hallelujah or I'm saved and sanctified. I've been redeemed, you know. And not that that's terrible, but for somebody, you have to know where people are in their lives. You got to know who you're, like the fishermen. You got to know what kind of fish are biting over here, what kind of bait you need to catch those fish. You have to know where it is that you are trying to be a fisher of men. Do some research. Be intentional about what you're doing. And let the Spirit of God, how you said, let the Spirit of God lead you, minister, and pray. Go ahead, Mayfield, your mic. Uh, I just want to say, and then, don't, don't make it about you. Right. I mean, you know, you make it about Jesus. You know, tell him how, how you got where you are. Don't, don't lie in the desert. It's not about you. It's about God. You know? Anytime that you're led by the Spirit of God, we know it's about God. We know it's his will be done. It's not our will. It's his will be done. So it's not about us. When you're hearing you speaking what God is doing, not all the time you're bragging. A lot of times, you know, you're helping one another. You're, you're, You're teaching them. You're guiding them. Not all the time you're boasting and saying, I did this and I did that. No, right. you didn't do anything. Right, right. We don't, we don't heal people. God does it, you know. And what God does, he do it. It's a testimony. So tell what God done for you. Amen. That's kind of what I got from that, Major said, not in a, a preachy, it's not a preachy way, but it does say deliver it with compassion, um, I think that's key. I think Jesus is the example in that on why he healed people, or why he went to people, why he went with sinners. It's the compassion of you knowing that somebody is on their way to destruction and you have that key, you have that opportunity to reach out and you don't. Wow. You know, I keep thinking about Minister Latham saying everybody is going to have to give an account. Whoa, you know. I don't want that to be, that, that, that shouldn't be your account, you know. Seize those opportunities. And five, it says, leave something in their hands. 
Now that's, I do remember that, you know, back in the day where we have those different tracks or something. But it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's Mark 16 and 15. Here it says, giving someone something that will do the talking for you is as simple as it gets. Um, it's a good idea to leave a track or some kind with people that they can read later. You can keep them in your car, your wallet, your purse. And remember, a tract is not a substitute for sharing the good news personally and praying the prayer of salvation with others. Nevertheless, it is an important evangelism tool. And so we just, we're, right now we're trying to cover all avenues. When we're talking about methods, that's just another way of quick. And you never know that person you handed that to, where they are, what they were praying, or, you know, who's going to do something next if we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing to follow up what you just did. It says there'll be times when you'll not be able to share what's, what's on the pocket card or pray with the person. Like you might catch a business person on his or her way to a meeting in a case like that. It's wonderful to just be able to hand somebody a card and leave something in their hands and say, hey, you know, read this when you get a chance. Amen? Another thing it says, be friendly and smile. <laughs> it's nothing like you trying to do evangelism and you frowned up. You, you look like you had a hard day. I think you should try again tomorrow. And I mean, so it's just kind of like an oxymoron, Pastor. Like how you, you sharing the gospel and you sucking on a lemon. Nobody wants, it's kind of like what you said. Nobody wants that. I don't want the, to serve the God that you serve because of how you act and because of how you look, because of how you're doing. Your face is, 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 is torn up. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't treat people right. Amen. And then you want to say, oh, you know Jesus love you. You know, no. No, I think it is, you have to, you gotta, you gotta walk the walk and talk, you gotta live the life to be effective. Since we're talking about effective evangelism, it's not, I don't even think it's evangelism. In fact, I think it works against drawing people to Christ or drawing people to your church or drawing people to the body of Christ when you're nasty and you don't know how to talk to people and you're not in check. Um, we gotta get ourselves together. It's high time. It's time to check yourself, get yourself in order, live, live this word. Be a living epistle. Live this word out, and then you can draw. And so um, you say, well, why, you know, there's a lot of people. It seems like people don't want to go to church. And some people, they'll tell you. It's hypocrites, man. They just, oh, they ask, this, these are the main reasons I hear. Hypo, hypocrites. People are out for your money, and that person, they'll use a person's name. That person, go there. <laughs> I don't want to go nowhere. They going. <laughs> and what do you do with that? So for me, I've had to say, hey, you know what? You don't, go, this is, and I'm just helping somebody out. If you're trying to evangelize and you get that, you don't go to church for people. You go into perfect your walk with Christ. And you go to work every day. And there's some people at that job don't know how to act, but you go to work every day. You ain't stopped going to work. You know, you got to be able to combat some of that because that's the territory we working with. This is the grounds that you're working with. And those are the excuses that are out there. 
it's like, it's hypocrites at your job. You still go and get, collect your paycheck. You know what I mean? And so this is for your soul. You know, right now you want to work because you're concerned about your temporal. You're concerned about right now or how you can live now, but you're not worried about where you're going to live eternally. And so that has something that I had to say, you know. But, but the sad part of that was that the truth in, I'm not, I don't want to go where that person is. I don't, I don't see how, if they're a Christian, I'm good, you know. And that's a sad testimony to, that's a sad testimony to Christians because whether you know it or not, when you carrying that name Christian, you bearing the name of Christ and you acting contrary to his word, your testimony is null and void. You're not, you're not effective. In fact, you hurt, you hurt the spreading of the gospel. You hurt bringing people into the body of Christ. Amen. And then finally, we, and we kind of touched on this. Well, let me finish with the be friendly. Um, it doesn't get much simpler than smiling. My God, you know, just smile. Being friendly and approachable will attract people to what you have to share. And I do, Minister Perry did mention that. It says it's hard to, um, you know, to be mean somebody that's always smiling at you. <laughs> so, so have fun sharing the word of God with others. And after all, it's not you saving the person or doing the work. God's word is his power, and he does the work. So your only job is to share the word, pray, and he'll do the rest. Transforming people's hearts from darkness to light. That is what, what God's intent is. So people um, will not be open to you or your message if you're unfriendly. So determined to be friendly. I mean, I think you ought to just be friendly <laughs> and smile and allow the joy of Jesus to shine from your heart and outward to others. Your joy will be contagious and difficult to resist. And I've had that. I, I wasn't even trying to share the gospel. I was just being nice, just being kind, just being helpful, probably going a little bit above what I needed to do in my job, thinking, oh, man, I'm going to have to, let me just help them get all the way through the process. And at the end of that, because it's, so, it's not common, apparently good customer service is not that common. And so you can recognize when somebody is giving you excellent customer service, when someone is going above and beyond, it's a testament. For some reason, it's just, and I had someone just say, wow, you know, thank you so much. I mean, I've never had anybody go that, to that extent and this and that, and boom, that's your opportunity. You know what? I wasn't always like that. But I know how it feels, you know what I'm saying, not to get that. And so because, you know, with Christ, they can, people can feel something different about you. They don't know exactly what all the time, but they know it's something different about you. And they'd be more, more apt to listen to what you have to say. And so your prime time at the end of that conversation is, you know what, because of Jesus, I know he, he changed me. I know that I am the way I am because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. You know? Amen? And then finally, pray. Pray. That's so ne neglected. Um, well, we might be praying. Well, we might be doing some short prayers or some not-so-strategic prayers or some grace prayers. Thank you. As you go ahead and eat your food. But it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses 
unto me. That's Acts 1 and 8. The key to evangelizing is not good preaching. It's prayer. The disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to preach. <laughs> they asked him to teach them how to pray. And they knew that that's how he activated his power. And you can do the same. Now, I can say that I know that's true for my own life. I never sought to preach or, or to, um, I'm not sure what that is. I never sought to, to do anything. I wasn't trying to have a title. I was just trying to pray. I was just trying to experience what I experienced the first time I encountered Jesus. And just th it was through prayer. It was through an active prayer life. And, and it just became everything I needed. Um, and through that, I believe that that is God giving you power, giving you, um, expanding on those gifts that I didn't even know I had. But it was through prayer and through the compassion I had on other people that I discovered that I did have gifts. And I believe that that is how it is activated. Your compassion, you interceding on behalf of other people, you praying on behalf of having that, that outward look to notice and that person looks like they're having a, a hard time. And we all notice it, but do we pray for them? You'll be surprised what God could do with that and in that, that compassion of, because that's what he did. That's what Jesus did. He had compassion. And those people that seemed like they were outcasts or that nobody dealt with or now nobody would talk to, you pray with those people or pray for those people and watch God do the rest. Amen. It says, activating the power of the Holy Spirit to win souls will make your efforts surprisingly simple. After all, he can accomplish far more than we, we ever could on our own. It's, it's really his doing. It's his doing. We plant, we water. It's God that, that draws the increase. It's God's work. But it's the command. It's still the, it's go. He didn't say go and then see and write down how many you, you got. He said Go. Huh? Make disciples of all nations, all nations. And when we deal with all, that means we have to remove some of our biases. You know, are you more prone to talk to people that just look like you, that act like you? You're like, I am not going to, um, over there. I am not. But, but what you will be surprised about is really they may receive from you and vice versa. It, for some reason, more apt to listen to somebody who is, does not look just like them or run in the same circle that they run to, but they are interested in what it is that you have to say because you came all the way over here out of your comfort zone to, to talk to me. They are very interested in what, what it is that you have to say. I just feel like it's like that. And it's, it's time for that. The gospel is for everyone. You know, it's not limited to... Uh, um, social economic status, or race, age. We think kids don't know. These kids are looking for something. They're looking, they're looking, they're searching, and the world is, is giving them all kind of different things out there. It's so much. But to, to be able to relate to um, the young, the youth, the young adults, I think it's a gifting in that. Amen. Activating the power of the Holy Spirit to win souls will make your efforts, I read that, surprisingly simple. 
It says to do this, spend time meditating on God's word and an intercessory prayer for those to whom you will minister. We kind of said that already. These steps will bring about a boldness in your witnessing. Plus, you won't lack for words when you filled your heart with the word and you prepared the other man's heart by interceding and pulling down strongholds that will blind his mind. And when you pray for that person before, when you choose your one that you're going to go after, that you're going to fish, you're going to be a fisher of men, you've decided what bait you needed because you understand what they're interested in, you understand, you you did some research, now you done prayed for them, rebuked the enemy on every hand, and so you can be effective. I do want to add that if you are in prayer for somebody, this is a personal testimony, God may show you some things or put some things on your heart that you didn't even, you didn't have a clue about. And so for me, I was able to, I'm praying, I was able to share, but in my sharing, I didn't know that I was interrupting a demon of suicide or a spirit of suicide that was on this person. And I was just coming and tearing that thing down. This person had their plan, know what, how, what, and, and wait, and it took me to kind of schedule. I didn't know exactly, you know, how it was playing out and how to, but I was, for me, I was with caution because I realized, and I, this person's life was, was, was at stake, and God was revealing to me that's how it is all the time. You know, I was moving on the urgency of the physical suicide, and God saying we need to move with the urgency that that's, that's how it is all the time. That if some of these people die tomorrow and you haven't shared, you haven't gone out, you haven't seized that opportunity, you had compassion, you didn't pray for them, you didn't reach out. And how many other people just didn't reach out? I thought you saw it. I thought you were going to do it. We all think the next person is going to do it. But God is saying, go. And in that, you're interrupting some things and some people's lives are changed forever because of your obedience and your willingness to, to go, to pray, or just to have that compassion, just to live with compassion. And I think that's, the impact is great, amen? It says, uh, when we rise up as a local church and determine that it will fulfill the Great Commission, those seven, I, sent, I shared those seven principles with you to evangelize will be important tools as we navigate evangelism, some of us for the first time, some of us as we decide to be intentional, as we decide to cease the opportunity major, not just stay golf, but now we just, hey, at the end of that guns for fun, hey, you know, are you saved? What does that mean? At the end of whatever that is, being intentional will make a difference, amen? All right, I'm going to, um, if anybody has anything they want to share, any about evangelism, any questions? All right, I'm going to close with some prayer.